I don't. I do not. Seven o'clock. Oh, it's 59. I'll grab one. All right. Three, two, one. talk today about worldview versus biblical worldviews. And that's an interesting topic right there in itself because as we were talking earlier prior to us getting on is that the world once we get out to the secular world, it gives us its own opinion on how we should see the world compared to the biblical worldview that is laid out it gives us an understanding, and in order for us to fully tap into it, we have to get outside of what we see visually or even what we hear and tap into a more spiritual side of that connection and that relationship to the world. Do you agree? You know, and that's why it's, it's, I believe it's so important for us to even challenge ourselves and even have those conversations with our children, like we were talking about earlier today. Uh, we, we had an opportunity to take some of the high school kids out to a seminar. And then at this seminar, uh, there was, let me check the mic. Keep on going, I got you. Um, we were at the seminar, and uh, the seminar was speaking about those things, as well as uh, shared with us that um, from middle school to high school and going into college, almost 96% of the children, young men and women, lose their biblical worldview and, and, and turn into a secular, you know, and, and I'm wondering, like, why, why did that happen? You know, what do you think? Times, if it's not something that we feel like we need right now, like money or those things that we, that once again, the worldview has told us it should be the priority. If our actions aren't satisfying those immediate needs, according to the economic uh, circumstances, you can choose one thing over another. And a lot of times, our spiritual base suffers because that doesn't appear to be something that we need. In a capitalist society, finances is, is, has become most of most people's gods. So what did that do? To, and I know the scripture speaks probably to doing that. You know, um, and that's I think one of the biggest breakdowns. On the priority list, in a 24-hour day, if I've got children, a household to maintain, the sad part is spirituality, which can hold us together the most. Um, is usually what suffers, you know. And in this seminar, one of the one of the things it says it says there is a lot of competition for your heart and mind. Every idea has a source; it comes from somewhere, and a consequence; it takes you somewhere. Can you turn with me to 
Can you read uh, Psalms, Psalms 1? I'd love to read Psalms 1, by the way. <laughs> I'll pull it down here. Uh, you can read that whole, the whole, whole um, thing of 1. The whole chapter. Psalms, um, chapter 1, verse 1. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, or stand in the way of sinners, or sit in the seat of mockers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. Amazing, because meditation is something I believe in heavily. If our Lord meditates, why can't we? He even, I mean, the Bible is telling us he brings himself to his own spiritual center. But we skip that step in our day-to-day functions. He is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. Not so the wicked, they are like chaff, that the wind blows away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked perish. So there you go. We talked about there are a lot of competition for our hearts and our minds. Every source, it comes, it comes from somewhere. And there's the consequences that take us somewhere. And here we heard some of the consequences and some of the sources of those consequences. So you have a good one and a bad one. And what happens is the worldview tells us that the way of the world is the right way. But here, and this here is showing us going away of the world, it's going to lead, lead to doom and gloom. And ask me how I know. Because I've been there. I've followed the way of the world. And the way of the world didn't lead me to, to, to love and prosperity that God wants us to have. You know? I mean, I, I tell people all the time, man, put it on the scale of waiting. I mean, and you can relate to that according to which background it is. But um, we try to make this practical for you guys. So take a look at your actions, your, your way of thinking. What did your behavior get you? What were your results? And I just think if you're if you're mature and you're willing to tell the truth about those results, you'll get an understanding. Again, but, but you got it takes maturity. It takes yeah. a level of maturity. You gotta be willing to face the facts. And that's the truth. Here it says the right ideas have the right source and take you to God's blessing. It says wrong ideas have the wrong source and takes you to punishment and hurt. Amen. You know, and here in in, um, in Proverbs 29, it says, He who, being often reproved, hardens his neck shall suddenly be destroyed and without remedy. And then it says, When the uncompromisingly righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. But when the wicked man rules, the people groan and shine. And shine. You know, and that's why it's important for us to to be right standing. As much as we can, you know, because as we grow, we learn. So you're going to make some mistakes in this process. And we have an adversary who wants to trip you up and make you stumble every opportunity he gets. So that's why it's important for us to have a biblical foundation, uh, something that we can turn to, even resources that we can turn to, people we can turn to as we navigate in this life. You know, the most important one is we have the word. And then also God placed people in our lives to help us. And that's why we it's, it's important for us to have a biblical worldview. And the way you're going to get a biblical worldview, you've got to know the word. If you don't know the word, you're going to go about what you hear, what you experience, and that's going to create your scope of your worldview. You know, and, and I ask me how I know because that was me. 
You know, I have my relationship with God as far as hearing it from my mom and seeing my, my godmother and them. But a personal one, I didn't have. I didn't have that relationship until I was in trouble or was some heartache. You know, it wasn't it wasn't a spiritual time where I sought a relationship with God or I sat down and read the word for myself and got into the word as a young man. That didn't happen until later on. So my worldview was created just by my circumstances and my situation. Something that comes to mind when I listen to you talk. When um, I think about worldview comes guiding you. One big word comes to mind that's being talked about a lot. Perspective. Without the right perspective, you'll only see limits. If your perspective can be changed to a positive outlook, you'll see where you aim. That's a big deal, man. How do you view things? Like Pastor Ray last week talked about. Going to the maker of this world with instruction on how to manage or live in this world. We need a spiritual guided perspective. You can't read all the books. You know, we could go to we could search high and low for the best advisors. But what they'll usually tell us is their source is something that's greater than them. And we've got to tap into it. You know, and, and that's key. And, and, and I'm afraid that, that most leaders would recognize that. You know, and not place it on themselves. Amen to that. And make themselves right. bigger. Yes, you know, yes, where, they, where they so high that their roots are not grounded. You know, and, and I think that's so important. It says here, it says here in the book, it says, in order to have an undistorted view of reality, you need to understand the assumptions and the actions that shape people in your culture. And here in Proverbs 16, 25, it says, there is a way that seems right in a man and appears straight before him, but at the end of it, of its way is death. If you want, can you read um, Psalms 119, 105? 105 and 112. 105 and 112. And I will have my reading glasses going forward. <laughs> Word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. I have taken an oath and confirmed it that I will follow your righteous laws. I, I have suffered much. Preserve my life, O Lord, according to your word. Accept, O Lord, the will and praise of my mouth and teach me your laws. Though I constantly take my life in my hands, I will not forget your laws. The wicked have set a snare for me, but I have not strayed from your precepts. Your statutes are my heritage forever. They are the joy of my heart. My heart is set on keeping your decrees to the very end. Hmm. That's an awesome testament. Now, we heard two different ones. One where a man just did things based off of what he wanted, and it led to his death. And here is one who did things on his own, but he also resorted back to God. So he kept a foundation that allowed him to get right even, if, even after he errored. Because he recognized the error that he made and wanted to make amends. That's why I could be sitting here right now. Amen. Because there, there were some errors that I made in my walk with Christ, you know, and even before I started walking with him. But I knew enough. And even after. Yes. And I knew enough 
to ask God for forgiveness, you know. And as, as a young man, it was some greasy grace that I had because I, I kept backsliding once I got out of trouble. But I realized that there were still consequences that I had to deal with. You know, it's too often that we think because God forgives us that we don't have to deal with the consequences. And that's where the enemy, he tricks us with that because then he say, oh, I thought God forgave you. Why you had to deal with this here? The forgiveness don't, 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 don't take away the consequences. I like the way that scripture for me is made it practical. Because a lot of times I believe most people make the mistake of thinking you've got to be a speech to person for me to speak. I believe that that is mistake free. And here we have an example where there was a gentleman that was that showed his human side. But again, he understood what his base was. He understood what his source was. And I appreciate hearing and reading that. Because a lot of times again the enemy will bring tricks. And I mean, it happens to me all the time. I struggle with it being, being not being perfect. And it'll make you, you know, think less of yourself. And that's not that's not what it's about. Again, that worldview versus a biblical view of ourselves. You know, and just going back to that scripture, in verse six it says, Then I shall not be put to shame by failing to inherit your promise. Wow. When I, have res when I have respect to all your commandments. You know, see, the enemy will have you be put to shame. And it's not God putting you to shame. It's, it's, that, it's that, that old reflection that, that the enemy put, and even sometimes the world puts. See, sometimes the world don't even have no forgiveness. You know, we looking at war now. There's no forgiveness right now. It's like, look, an eye for an eye. You kill mine, I'm gonna kill yours. And that's that's being far removed from what God said. Right. You know, and walking in biblical truth. And that's that's the difference between worldview and biblical worldview. You know, and I think when we start lining up with that, and I think that's why it's so important for us, the body of Christ, to really be walking example and not contrary to what we say we are. Compared to what we do, I think it's it's like three main reasons people run from their greatness and their destiny. Shame that some something you know in their past will come out about them. Their finances are being threatened, or there's a threat to bodily harm or bodily injury. And biblical view tells us we will not be put to shame. And actually, what I've noticed is those that truly gave their testimony and they were ready to walk away from what, whatever their bad habit was whatever made them ashamed I actually saw God use their testimony to save and heal other people and to actually catapult them and I'm talking to myself right now because I do walk around dealing with things I'm ashamed of or dealing with things I'm, that, that mess with my self esteem or my confidence but I gotta, I gotta remember these scriptures. I gotta apply these scriptures. So I'm guilty myself. Here I am sitting on the stage talking to you all about my imperfections as well and how I fall short every day. So what makes the difference between me and you? I had to fight to motivate myself just to come here because again, I'm dealing with things that I can be ashamed of that knock my confidence, that make me feel like I don't got my stuff in order. And that's a daily fight for a lot of people. But I lean on the Lord. And I was hearing about, if I'm not mistaken, in James, how my deeds, my good deeds, are an example of my faith. So I continue to put forth and be the best human I can be. Praying that my deeds, if I could just continue to be faithful and, and be the best person I can be, I'll get the results I'm looking for eventually. And I'm letting again my faith in my works and my deeds 
overpowered shame, guilt, low self-esteem, and all those tricks the enemy will use. And I'm getting back into my word. That spiritual base, that center. Starting my morning with prayer and meditation. If we're not doing these things, if we're not putting in the word, how are we expecting a different result? So let me try to cheat. Let me, let me let me take you back to the scripture because this here speaks volume to what you said. And and this is for those out there who are struggling in themselves because they find themselves uncertain about themselves because of some of the things they did or even where they're at right now. Here's a scripture where God tells us how we can get right. And I'm going back to um, Psalms 119, and I'm going to start at verse 9, where it says, and I'm coming out of Amplify, and it says, how shall a young man cleanse his way? It says, by taking heed and keeping watch on himself. According to your word, conforming his life to it. With my whole heart, I have sought you, inquiring for and of you and yearning for you. Oh, let me not wander or step aside either in ignorance or willfully from your commandments. Oh, your word have I laid up in my heart that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. You know, see, see, so God knows. He knows we're going to have struggles in this world. But he's given us, listen, we're behind the cross. We're talking about Psalms. This, is, this was written before the cross. So we're after the cross. So, so Jesus died on our behalf for those sins. This is prior to Christ dying when man had to sacrifice some things for his sin. To even, even, even to be in the presence of God. To even have God hear his voice. But we're after the cross. So our sins already been, been set aside. The sacrifice has already been made. Now it's about us just making a choice to abide in the word. So it's important for us to get more and more. He's not looking for us to be perfect. We're going to make mistakes in this walk. But the key is for us to be better. Right? And not run from chastisement. How can we be better when we can't be confronted? You're unapproachable. Nobody can tell you right from wrong. You know, a lot of times we'll run for blessing because we don't recognize the way it's being presented to us. Chastisement, my mother used to say something all the time. If I'm talking to you, that means I love you and I still care. But when I stop talking to you, I've, I've walked out of the relationship. Chastisement, ladies and gentlemen, a lot of times, if you're honest with yourself, you might realize the person that was doing that was actually trying to love me. If they didn't care, they wouldn't be talking to me. So again, back to perspective. It's how you choose to see a thing. But if your heart is too clouded, if your mind is too clouded, you know, if you're you're allowing your worries and your, you know, you know those other things, you know, bury you. You won't be able to see that light. You won't be able to understand that perspective and that love that somebody's trying to, you know, give you. You'll see. You'll see it as a threat. You know, you'll see it as a personal attack. And the whole time, it's just there to uplift you. And, and, and that's the key. That's the key. Us looking at the man or woman in the mirror. We have to look at ourselves. If someone's speaking to us, we have to we have to do some real self-evaluation. You know, and definitely if you hear it from more than one source, you really have to do some self-evaluation. You can't question it no more. It has to be you. Definitely if it's coming from two different areas, two different arenas. 
It's at least worthy of an honest look. Yes, no question about it. You know, and, and if we be honest with ourselves, for the most part, people just confirm what we already know. You know, and this here says it right here. It says, it says, you inquiring for, I'm sorry, let me go back. It says, by taking heed, that means listening, and keeping watch on himself. It's on ourselves. So, so that means we have to watch ourselves. We have to look at ourselves and also take heed. We have to listen. We have to hear what other people are saying, speaking into our lives. And for the most part, if somebody's speaking into your life, most of the time, if it's from God, all they're doing is confirming what God has already said to you. Now, if they say something that you ain't hear from God, I say you might take a step back and just hear it, but don't act on it. Wait until you hear from God from yourself. That's what I say. You agree? Yes, sir. You know. And where did that scripture come from? That came from um, Psalm 119. 119.9. Okay. We still on we still on Psalm 119.9. We ain't even go from there. We're still right there. It's just giving you that foundation where it starts with us. It starts with us. God is not looking for us to be perfect. And this is coming from the Old Testament. God is just looking for us to be better. To be better in this walk. And I'm telling I'm talking to you. If you stand at the pulpit or you sitting out there in the audience. That's what God wants you to continue to grow. Because if you think you got it all figured out and you find yourself, you think you high and mighty, you're already lost. Because we serve our omnipresent God, omnipotent. There's no end, no end to the information and the resources that he has for you and I. No end to it. And so we will never, we will never get it all. Not in this lifetime. Never. Here it says, God has provided an undistorted worldview through his word by communicating basic truths that are fundamental to every aspect of your life. Can you read 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 through 5? I'd love to. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. One and I'm going to read from the Amplified. Uh, this section is in the Bible is titled Making One's Calling and Election Sure. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of Him. He called us by His own glorious goodness. Through these, He has given us His very great. And precious promises, so that through them we may participate in divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by human design. Whoa! <laughs> yes, sir. I've never read that scripture. Me five too. For this very reason, make every effort to add your faith. And to your faith, goodness, and to goodness, knowledge, and to knowledge, self-control, and to self-control, perseverance, and to perseverance, godliness, and to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. stop right there. So this might, this might become one of my favorites. I've never read that scripture. I tell you, God, God is so awesome. God is awesome. I mean, that was a nice breakdown. So I'm going to read it from the Amplified. And the Amplified shares a little different. It amplifies the words. So it says here, For his divine power has bestowed upon us all things, that are requisite and suited to life and godliness through the full personal knowledge of him who called us 
by and to his own glory and excellent virtue. By means of these, he has bestowed on us his precious and exceedingly great promises, so that through them we may escape by flight from the moral decay, rottenness, and corruption that is in this world because of convertedness, lust, and greed, and become sharers, partakers of the divine nature. Verse 5, for this very reason, adding your diligence to the divine promise, employ every effort in exercising your faith to develop virtues, excellence, resolution, Christian energy, and in exercising virtue, develop knowledge, intelligence. It's a lot that came to me, man, while I was sitting here listening to this process. One thing is, why is human being come to this planet to avoid here? And we don't ask ourselves, what made us and what does it want from us? Hmm. Why are we, like, why is not that not the first question, the first priority? And and not and let and not letting that be our center. Because to me, this all leads back to that. Like we out here without getting instruction. We even caring about asking these questions. We just we just cool and figure out on our own and you know, figuring out things through trial and error. When we see generations of people that came before us that didn't get what they wanted out of life with that same philosophy. Um, you know, that, that's great because it goes back to who created you and are you tapping into the source? You know, and that was one of um, this past week that I shared the message, who is your source? You know, and the key to what you said is that, and Pastor shares this, and people probably heard this before in other, other church sermons and stuff like that, is that if you have a Apple phone, you're not going to take it to Samsung for answers. Mm -hmm. You're going to go to the source. And too often, us men who God created Instead of going to the source for answers and direction on the process of, of what we need to do when things are not going right and how we need to function, we go to the world that he gave us dominion over. Mm. What about our practices says we're concerned with our mission based with the high power wants us to do. What about our practices says that we're concerned about that? Like, ask yourself that question. You know, when I think about that, because growing up and going through some trials as a young man, not really mature enough to understand circumstances and situations and why things are the way they are, and instead of appreciating what I did have, not what I didn't have, based off of the world perspective, you know, and I think that's a big part of why we get distorted and lost in our walk. Because that foundation is, is not there, you know, and, and depending on when those trials happen in your life, kind of um, dictate or persuade your, your, your views yeah. of, of life and, and what it should be. And, but I thank God that I had somewhat of a foundation on where to turn to when there was something going wrong in my life. Yeah. You know, I didn't have a relationship, but I had knowledge of you know, and, and, and too often now, these kids, young adults, this generation, 
as I said earlier today when we talked about how they said 96% of middle school to college kids don't have a biblical base. You know, and not have the biblical base, your opinion is based off of you, how you feel, what you think, and what someone else's perception is of your reality. You know, and, and this is why we find ourselves going this route because we have no relationship with our past and we have no relationship with the Creator. And I think that's a big part of why we're going in the wrong direction. You know, uh, today uh, one of the one of the uh, speakers was speaking about that that the United States America was the majority of America had a biblical base at one point or another. It might not have been perfect, but it had a foundation. And now, that's the opposite. We've lost that foundation, that biblical base. But we have, we have less people with a biblical base than we have people without. I do think we made a change years ago. And some of my favorite sitcoms be based on not one person. I hope it was Jefferson or, or, or what, what it was, one of the old school shows too. And they began to use the word B word and, and B word. Mm -hmm. um, and they were allowing that more and I began to see cartoons uh, began to be more challenging of parental guidance and, and uh, you know, it was doing a lot in the way of like misleading the children and kind of like teaching them to have a perspective that would challenge their adults. I mean their parents. I you know I noticed that a while ago. And, and that, that was a clear indicator. I mean, you know, in the 80s at least, I think was that was around the time we still had some kind of, you know, there were still two parent households. The movies, the programming was about being somebody. You know, you wanted to go out and be the hero of your family or your community. Wanted to save the day, you know. You wanted to speak with intelligence and with manner and manners and things of that nature. Um, and, you know, so I, I, I noticed that some years ago, probably around the 80s, the 80s to early 90s, is when I really began to notice that with the programming, and they were allowing more. And then with, with, with you know, I, I don't want to do a commercial, but MTV was the real world when they came out with that show. Mm -hmm. um, and they would, you know, the behavior, the drunkenness, and the wild behavior, you know, the thing is, it wasn't something that really wasn't happening right in the world. Which is However, it was it, it was hidden. It wasn't out there. You know, it, it it allowed us to keep a sense of innocence. Yes. You know, and then when videos start coming out, you know, even rap videos and rock and roll videos, it was. It's the videos, it, it changed the perception. So how a person lived and how they perceived the world, they were able to market it to the world. So if you wanted to preserve your household, either you had to shut that down. And what happened was maybe some of us did shut it down. There were certain things you couldn't watch on television, but then it got to a point, like you said, where television itself allowed everything to happen. There was a time you wouldn't dare see a woman with, with uh, panties and bras on television. You didn't see that. Unless they was on the beach in the movie or something like that. Other than that, you didn't see any no commercials or none of that stuff. Now you're hearing all types of things. And it, it's so crazy. It says, there is a battle between the secular and biblical worldview. Which worldview describes secular or biblical? In each of these passages, there is. So I'm going to read one, and I'm going to share one with you, and you'll read one. If you turn uh, to the Bible, with uh, Psalm 78, verse 7 and 78. And I'm going to read this one, Judges, verse 21, chapter 21, verse 25. And it says, in those days there were no king in Israel. Every man what was right in his own eyes. 
It sounds like what we're living at right now. It sounds like this is the life we're living right now. So instead of us going forward, it seems like we're going backwards. Every man is doing what's right in their own eyes. You know, it, it, what is true? What, what is true? You know, me and my brother had that discussion about what is true uh, a couple of weeks ago. And I was saying, truth is true. You know, and, and he was sharing some views that he had was like, and you shared this earlier today with growing up, you hear, oh, Santa Claus, this, Santa Claus, that. And then later on in your life, you find out there's no Santa Claus. Now you have a distorted view of what truth is. You know, so now you begin to question what is truth. You know, and this is how the enemy has duped us. He's duped us where it creates confusion even in your own household. You know, we need something to protect us against heartbreak. Hmm. Protect us against heartbreak. Because if you're not girded up, if you don't have wise counsel, if you're not spiritually mature, the first time your heart opens, especially as a child of a young person, you don't know which way is up. Because now someone or something that you believed in, that thing has been broken. And that's what leads a lot of times to non-belief. You know, you begin, it almost feels like when Adam and Eve ate the apple, like the eyes was open to something. Mm -hmm. You know, the distortion of the world was what they focus on. You know, like when a child first sees their parent not do what they promised them to do. And their heart is broken, but they feel like trust has been lost. You know, and, 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 and that's what happened, you know, and this is what's happening more and more because the maturity level is not there. Exactly. You know, you see, when Adam and Eve seen themselves, they walked around naked in the garden and eating for all that time and never recognized they were different or, or looked at it as something negative, but because their eyes were open and they weren't mature enough to understand it, that they seen it as something bad. So they had to cover themselves. Right. And this is what's happening to our children. This is what's happening to our children. They're, they're discovering things that they're not mature enough to understand and comprehend. Right. So they're formulating their own opinions and how to deal with those situations that they're really not mature enough or even ready for. And what happened to Adam and Eve when they recognized that they were sin? What, what, what came into their heart that made them want to cover up? Shame. And, and what happens to us that makes us want to cover up when we don't have, when we, when we are not girded and grounded in this word, we are full of this worldly perspective and this worldview. We, we, we run and hide, we get fearful, and we don't want to tell our story. We don't want to get out in front of the people. And we may have a lot to offer, but that's shame. Because we don't realize how God sees us. We don't realize that Jesus already died for our sin. That shame that we read about earlier, we don't even have to be concerned with that. That's the trick of the devil. That's right. You know, but we run in high, like Adam and Eve did. We get that, we, we realize we did wrong. We want to cover up running high. And, and, and that's because they thought they, because they lost their spiritual connection. They were operating Amen. in the flesh. Amen. And not in the spiritual realm like they were when they were walking with God. Amen. And that guilt convicted them, which is what it does to most of us. You know, can we read that scripture? Can we read again to 778? Yes, sir. 78. I promise to have my glasses on. Psalm chapter 78, verse 7 and 8, 7, and 7. Yes, 7. Okay. Then they would put their trust in God and would not forget his deeds, but would keep his commands. They would not be like their a stubborn and rebellious generation whose hearts were not loyal to God, 
whose spirits were not faithful to him. That was it. That was it. So we were, but see, now you hear that. So this is what we're talking about. We just shared that with Adam and Eve. They they lost that spiritual connection with God. Right. Where they felt shame. And this is what happens to us. And the enemy has duped us to make us feel shame. That's open. And so so we have to we have to be ready. We have to be ready and armored with the full armor of God to know who we are and not have that shame. Because that's what he wants to do us with. We have a question. It's actually more of a comment. And you've already started going in. Most of our problem comes because the enemy knew what he was doing when he duped the two. He didn't do just one. He looked at the two. He knew that it would bring on guilt. God never designed us to operate in or about guilt. The word says in Romans 8, I'm just going to read it so I can make sure I don't miss not one word of this, because one of our problems today is that we want to hold the guilt of what we do instead of turning that over to God and then getting into the right position with Him that then makes us be able to move forward with our lives. Guilt only holds us back, but the word says, Romans 8, 1, everybody knows this. There is now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, Pastor but after the spirit. So it was designed, guilt designed to keep you walking after the flesh. Keep you feeling, feeling bad about things. But God said, no guilt. I don't condemn you. I come to bring you life and life more abundantly. So you don't have to be feeling bad when you walk after the spirit. And, and that, that's the part where that's, that's, a, that's a distorted, that's a, a distorted worldview. You know, and, and that's what the world, that's what the enemy has done. He has done that. And unless you know the word, unless you get connected and stay connected to the source. Like I said, God is not looking for us to be perfect. He's looking for us to be better. He's looking for us to be better. He's not holding what you did yesterday against you. I had that conversation with a young boy today. And a young, she was like, I had a bad day today. I said, but you know what's great? You got a new day tomorrow. So are you going to do better tomorrow? They said, yes. I said, all right, let's, let's high five on that. Because tomorrow you can do better. Let's, don't, don't, don't cry about today. It's done. You already did it. Now it's time to do better. And that's the key. I want to read this here scripture. And after I get that one, I want you to get this one. Psalm 139, Psalm 139, 23, 24. It says here in Proverbs 4, 23. It says, keep and guard your heart with all vigilance. And above all that you guard. For out of it flows the springs of life. It says, keep and guard your heart with all vigilance and above all that you guard. So it said, guard your heart above all that you guard because out of it flows the spring of life. And I just said, something that protects us from heartbrokenness. Because that's usually the turnaround or the turn or when people begin to lose faith in themselves or God. Listen, we're, we're dealing with society right now of people who have been heartbroken. So they don't have a heart for nobody, not themselves, not anyone else, because they've been broken. Their heart their heart has been scarred, scarred so much that they can't find their way out. So they believe. That's the key. So you believe. There was a time when my heart was so scarred that I thought I wasn't good enough. I thought I couldn't be used. And, and God showed me that he loved me. He created me for a purpose. And now I'm here now before you being able to share my testimony. So those scars that you got in your heart, 
God want to turn them around so they're no longer scars. You can use them for bridges for other people through your testimony so they don't have to be scarred. So those scars that they did get, they can be healed through his word. That's the key. If this, I got a message for you guys. Because there's a whole culture being built out there right now. And it's centered around meeting time. What we celebrated yesterday, what they had a celebration for yesterday. I'm talking those out in YouTube and whoever's watching this, you know what I'm talking about. And that is nothing but a group of people that are heartbroken. The more I think about the characters, and I can see faces. It's because you guys are heartbroken. And you don't feel like you're worthy. And this truth begins to sound like fluff. These words begin to just sound like it, it begins to turn you off. I know what you're feeling because I could begin to feel the same way sitting here. Because the devil works on me while I'm sitting here. Hearing him talk and tell this truth, man, that, the enemy will make us, it'll make us uncomfortable. It sounds too good to be true. I'm not trying to hear all of that, man. Man, go somewhere with that. Because of your guilt, though, because you haven't forgiven yourself, I'm fighting with things in myself. Truth, I'm, I'm finding it hard to receive it and digest it because I haven't forgiven myself. And so many of y'all are making decisions about your lives not knowing that you are a king and a queen because your perspective has been shifted about who you are and the importance that you have in, the, in your life, in God's eyes, in the eyes of those that love you. They need to see you at your best, not the place where you have given yourself. Know, that that's so important because too many of us get stuck in that place where we haven't forgiven ourselves and because we're hurt we want to hurt people it says hurt come on you know and, and we wonder why we're dealing with so much hurt in society because there's a lot of hurt that's going on and we haven't healed so we can't help other people and I want to read this and real quick. It, it, listen, man, when you do things that make you not want to look yourself in the mirror, man, the devil can come to you with so many temptations and offerings. That's right. Because the moment you decide to do something different from God or to hear from God or to stand up on those things that you know is right in your heart, whether you are well read or not, and there's a God that even speaks to you. That lets you know when you're out of, out of line with him. But because the enemy has convinced you that you're wrong for so wrong, and that your imperfections are, 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 are not perfect, and that's what you think the world needs, or, or you know, you have your own standards that you don't think you're meeting. Trust me, that's the trick of the enemy. I'm sorry. You're right. You're right. Because look. This, this is what this is about. This is what this platform is about. It's about us having real conversations with real life issues. And, and, and you know, when we come here on Sunday, we get to hear the word. But here we want to talk about how we apply the word. Come on. You know, and, and the only way we can do that is by talking about real life situations yes, and what we dealt with yes. and how we're dealing with it as we're going through it. Yes, you know, and that's why I implore you guys out there that feel free, share your questions, share your thoughts, share some topics that you want us to talk about, please. And we want to invite you guys out here, bring your kids, young kids, young adults, we want young adults because going from that 16 year old or 13 year on up, because those are the ones who are going through these here situations and they're our future. And we got to give them a foundation to stand on. I'm going to read this scripture, then I want you to go to that scripture I told you about, one th Psalms 139, 23, 24. Or did you do that? Uh, 
23 through 24. So I can do that. Okay. And real quick, piggyback on what you said, it's important for that age group to get it because a lot of times, according to their surroundings or their environment they come from, they may not have a circle um, that can help them with their interpretation of the world, especially when they get their heart broken for the first time. It's important that they, they have people around them where they have a place to turn to to help them understand and interpret the first time they get heartbroken. And they're not just heartbroken, or even if you make a mistake, you do yeah. something wrong, right? You know, you find yourself in some trouble, you know, because it's easy. The world gives up on you, you know, and sometimes even our family gives up on you. You tell them you're not good enough, or you ain't going to be this, and you ain't going to be that. And we want to encourage you that God created you for a purpose and a reason. It's all about you making a choice that who you're going to follow and who you're going to believe in. I want to read this scripture, Mark 12, 30. And it says, and you shall love the Lord your God out of and with your whole heart and out of, out of and with all your soul, your life, and out of and with all your mind, with your faculties of thought and your moral understanding, and out of and with all your strength. This is the first and principal commandment. You know, and, and, and that part, you know, I was sharing with um with one of the pastors as we were driving back down my testimony and, and when God dealt with me when I really found out that it was really God first in my life. Not nobody else, not my wife, well she wasn't my wife then, but not no one else. But it was it was God first, you know. Where when we were in relationship before we were married, I fell. And I fell because I wanted her to love me more than she loved God. And I did everything in my power to try to convince her that she needed to love me and trust me more than she trusted God. Wow. To the point where God was telling her that I wasn't right, that I wasn't doing right, and she ignored what God said because I pressed her enough to make her ignore God. Wow. And it got to a point where, where that was revealed, my wrongdoings, and to the point where she told me that if the only reason why I would give you a chance is because I asked God if he brought somebody in my life, it would be somebody that he brought. And if you're not following God, I can't follow you. And I made a decision that day because I knew everything I asked God for, he provided for me. Um, and I had to realize that I was making everything else more important than I was making him. And ever since I made that decision to continue to put God first in my life, my life has begun to change. And I think that's so key. I, not that I think, I know that's key in everyone's life. That's a commandment. That's the principal commandment. That he's given every single one of us. And that's important because if we can't love, if we can't even love one another, how can we love something that we can't love? That's right. Man, that's right. Well, that's right. You know, and so so that's important. So we got to, we have to have God on our hearts, mind, body, and soul. He has to be everything to us. Everything. And as you get that lined up, everything else is going to start lined up in your life. And it's not going to be a situation where you ain't going to have no stumbles, because the enemy is going to be after you. He's going to be after you big time, because you made a decision to follow God. But I trust and believe. So as long as you follow and trust in him, he's going to cover you in every step that he's called you to. We got two minutes left, Pastor. All right. But thank you for that. Uh-huh. Yes, sir. Yes, go with Psalm. Psalms 139, 23 and 24. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. Mm. You know, and, and that's so important right there. And, and we're about to close, man. My anxious thoughts. That speaks loud. It, it, it's, he knows those things. Mm -hmm. There's no secret in, in our lives. 
in this world that God doesn't know. And, and the problem is for us is that we don't know. And we got to go through the process. Yep. And some of us don't want to go through the process. And the enemy knows we don't want to go through the process. So he tries to trick us and dupe us to make us believe that going through the process ain't going to give you what your heart desires. He wants to keep us as cold. Like we don't, he don't want us to become that diamond, that fresh, that hard fresh diamond. He wants us to try to skip the steps. Sound like a subject we can pick up on next week. Yes, sir. Yeah. Don't, don't skip the steps. Don't skip the steps. And I'm going to close with a scripture that reminds us of a secular versus a biblical worldview. Hmm. And it comes from Romans 1 21. Hmm. And I'm going to read that to 25, and we're going to close there. But I say to you, family, we love you. And we want you to be a part of what God is doing because he has promise and purpose on your life. But it starts with us having a relationship with him. We got to get away from the worldview because the world, all he want to do is suck life out of you. When God wants to give you life. He's already given you life, but now he wants you to live in purpose of that life. So we can have an impact here on this world. So here it says, starting at 21, because when they knew and recognized him as God, they did not honor and glorify him as God or give him thanks. But instead, they became futile and godless in their thinking, with vain imaginings, foolish reasoning, and stupid speculation. And their senseless minds were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools. Professing to be smart, they made simpleton of themselves. And by them, the glory of and majesty and excellence of the immortal God were exchanged for the represent, represented by images resembling mortal man and birds and beasts and reptiles. Therefore, God gave them up in their lust of their own hearts and sexual immaturity and purities and to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, abandoning them to a degrading power of sin, because they exchanged truth of God for a lie and worship and serve the creatures rather than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. Family, watch out for who your soul is. Know who created you and walk in his truth. God bless you. We love you. We hope to see you next week. Come, be a part of what we're doing here at Harvest. It's more than just this. We're here to try to make change in people's lives, but we only can make change for those who want change. That's right. That's what God wants from you. God bless you. We love you. Have a good night. Trust and believe. Talk to me. Trust and believe. That was good. Hey. What's up?
What you what you say earlier? You said trust and believe what? Trust and believe. What you mean? Just period. Everything. So Amen. What you what you seeing and feeling when you back here? The growth. Interesting. Interesting. Thank you, man. Yes, sir. Thank you. You saying the growth? What you, you mean? Know, if, and, if I may ask, and I think yep. that's 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 an issue. And get, I think one that's day getting up there. Yo, one day getting up there. Just coming out that show. And yeah, just going yeah. From there. Got you. What were we doing? What did, what did you see with us up there? Like, is that what you're talking about? The growth. The growth, definitely. Okay. The growth out of you know, short time. You know, knowing you and then with Pastor Rob. Um, and then just today's world, what we what what is going on? It's just.